I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like a Biden-Trump debate with Joe Rogan. Your questions... I would want that. First of all, I'd want no one else in the room. Like, yeah, just the three of us. And you would have to stream it live so no one could edit it. Don't. And I would want them in there for hours. If they wanted to do that, they both wanted to come here in Austin, sit down, and have a debate, I would 100% do it. If we have four more years of Trump's climate denial, how many suburbs will be burned in wildfires? How many suburban neighborhoods will have been flooded out? How many suburbs will have been blown away? Blown away. Blown away, man. Let me tell you something that I found out today while Joe Biden is out on the West Coast or somewhere out in the West near the wildfires. If Donald Trump is reelected, you're going to instantaneously combust uh, into flames and uh, your entire family will be dead in, uh, in about a month. That's what I get from Biden. Oh, my God, Joe. Come on, man. Dial it back a little bit, you know? People aren't... People generally believe that the Earth is warming, and yes, uh, that 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 uh, man caused a a portion of this, or maybe our our the the big factor on the on the increase. But the increase isn't a lot. One, two. I don't think that every. Well, here's the problem. They say trust the science. I don't trust the science because I'm sorry. I don't trust the scientists. I trust the science. I don't trust scientists because scientists are human beings, and it, now I'm I'm 47 years old, and nobody is beyond reproach, and nobody is uh, infallible, and these people are idiots as well. Nobody is safe from being an idiot, especially in the time of Trump. Two more hogs got the fever. Nobody's immune from getting the fever. So I don't trust the scientists. I think there's a lot of um, – uh, I'm not a big – now, with some exceptions, and if I know you, you're the exception. But um, 
I've got a healthy skepticism of a lot of uh, of a lot of uh, people. You know, I don't. I'm skeptical just for my own my own experiences. I have. I'm skeptical about the ethical soundness of many in uh, who practice law. That's not including any of my uh, sisters-in-law, by the way. They're exempted. They're beyond reproach. And um, no, I don't think. I think everybody is corruptible, and no matter what you do, no matter what you do, and and that means me too. I'm not. You know, there's. I, I try to do my best to try to be truthful here. I'm not trying to impress anybody and or pitch myself to anybody. I'm just kind of – I'm just having fun, and I'm talking to you guys, and you guys are great, and you, you get back to me and DM and all that stuff. But I am certainly not a – I am a flawed person. I am certainly a low-level thief. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I will absolutely knock over a – a housekeeping cart in a hotel, or even my wife knows this, and she's she actually doesn't even like it. I probably shouldn't be saying this. I, I just feel like when I get grab like extra shampoos from even the housekeeping closet, and I don't want to tell you the depths I've gone to to get this stuff. I've actually hit pay dirt in a couple big situations where, where I thought perhaps I might be in trouble. But anyway, so, but I'm not a, so I'm but I'm stealing from nameless, faceless corporate America, man. I'm not a thief in the sense that I'd steal from anybody's house or anything. Now, it's an easy rationalization. It is also immoral to be stealing shampoo bottles from hotels, but it so feels good like you're getting one over on somebody. It really feels good when you get the free shampoo, and I like the little bottles. And um, so that's just one of my flaws. I am not beyond reproach, and I'm sure you aren't as well. In any of our ways, um, you know, we're just... Not very few people are perfect, and yes, I'm a, a low level uh, hotel uh, toiletry thief. So, um, and I have other flaws, and you've got other flaws, and we're all screwed up, and whatever. But nobody's immune from having their own, you know, their their flaws and personality, and sometimes ethical flaws. And what this has proved this in the past four Some years. Four hogs got the fever. Is it people? There's been a mass hysteria here, and certainly it's been exacerbated now by. The um the lockdown and and no doubt by social media here where you're now plugged into these wacky news cycles that are largely influenced by um by activists who are you know who are are dressed as and portended to be part of media but many of them are simply just activists and they're more and more now it's mostly activists I would tell you you can go into newsroom newsrooms and talk to people. I, I am shocked at, on social media, on Twitter now, how people cannot, reporters cannot hide their politics. And they don't even think they are. They don't even think that they are um, are uh, biased. They just assume it's common sense that, you know, that you'd be pro, um, pro-choice pro and that you'd be very, very, uh, that the, the man-made climate change is a bad thing and it's also a, a moral failing of humans. And of course, that's because that makes you a good person to think those things. Now, my feeling is if you ask somebody about climate change, um, ask nine out of ten people, okay, you believe in climate change? Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Because, you know, the the scientists, academia would never lie, right? And the people, or, or, or try to bend things in a way that's fruitful for them. 
um, or, or the people who go to these beautiful, beautiful outings every year in Davos and all around the world, these beautiful conventions, feel-good conventions that cost millions and millions of dollars with beautiful buffets and uh, ice sculptures and things like that, and you know, make they feel really good about themselves. It, you know, it feels you know, there's no guilt behind having taken a nice uh, trip over to Davos in a in a jet that's uh, sponsored by a true believer, and and uh, you know, in taking listening to the keynote speech speaker every day and going into a couple of breakout rooms to hear these other ancillary speakers talk about how. The uh, tides are receding, and this is happening in the uh, Arctic Shelf. And then, you know, being feted at night, and beautiful meals, and great cocktails, and beautiful women, and good-looking men, and it's parties, and man, it's a it's a nice way to live, and it's guilt-free. I will take that gig, by the way. If you are hiring, I will take that gig, and I will change my tune. <laughs> So is the earth warming? I think it is warming at the moment. And I think is the, uh, is it man-made? It seems to me it's logical that with all this exhaust and in carbon we're spewing into the air that it would have some effect. That in, that in a sense that it could essentially be blotting out the, um, or the, these, uh, what are they called? Um, what are they called? I can't remember. Accelerons? Acceler- I can never remember. It used to be. Anyway, sure. I also think that 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 uh, that um, volcanoes probably do a lot of the work as well. But no. I, and by the way, generally, who wouldn't who wouldn't be for a cleaner environment? Who wants pollution? No, we should want a clean environment, clean ocean. I'm all for that. I'm not for bankrupting and uh, and bankrupting entire countries, destroying complete entire industries. Uh, in a in emergency break glass in case of emergency attempt to reverse the situation based on shoddy science and and really in these leftist agendas that really just want control of everything anyway but here's biden again and uh, talking about the <laughs> i like trump's trump's some are very different than all this stuff we'll get to both of them so here's biden talking about the climate deniers mostly the climate denier in chief donald trump climate denial may not have caused these fires and record floods. Yeah, no, didn't directly cause them, mind you. Just like with the riots in the streets, he didn't directly cause the riots and the looting. He laid the groundwork, of course, for it. You know, didn't directly. No, it wasn't his own hands that killed um, that uh, killed George Floyd. But, you know, he created the climate, climate, right, that, that, uh, that did it. And record hurricanes. But if he gets a second term, these hellish events will continue to become more common. Nothing dark about this speech at all. Nothing dark about this speech at all. These hellish events. Jesus. By the way, they were hellish weather events. In 1978, I think we were globally cooler than we are now. And that was a big bastard of a blizzard. Oh, by the way, I did see some uh, in a comment that um, that, uh, that a, a few different... And I've gotten some messages on this. A few different listeners like being able to listen to these this podcast um, with kids around, and so I agree. So when the occasion comes, like you heard my wife last night uh, used a um, 
used a swear word. What's it called? Oh, this is one of those days when I have no words available to me. Great. Well, um, so anyway, but so I will clean it up. And when I play, when I play sound cuts, I'll try, I'll try to bleep out all the swear so we can be nice and kid kid friendly because. You're like me right now. You're a lot of times you're just carting kids around, and um, well, do other we'll do other podcasts where we can just let loose and work blue. But uh, okay, so let's get back to Joe Biden here. More. By the way, I'm not on ADD medication. You're probably saying that I thinking that I probably should be, and perhaps that's true. I take a high blood pressure pill, and I just want to. Stick to that, and one thing at a time. Devastating and more deadly. And meanwhile, Donald Trump warns that integration is threatening our suburbs. <laughs> is there any fact checkers available? I saw CNN today say a record for Trump, even for Trump, a record four lies in one sentence. Can we get to this? Uh, Trump's take on integration. I mean, Biden suggesting Trump is a segregationist. Can we? Can somebody look into that? Daniel Dale? It's ridiculous. But you know what is actually threatening our suburbs? Wildfires are burning the suburbs in the West. Floods are wiping out suburban neighborhoods. Why are you yelling? Why are you yelling, Joe? There's a reason why those wildfires are doing a lot of that stuff in the West. One is um, people who are sympathetic to you are lighting them. Um, it, there's also in Trump gets into this stuff. They're, they're, they don't do the the uh, you know forest clearing that other places do, because environmentalists have a chokehold on California. They've also emptied huge bodies of waters, lakes, and reservoirs, etc., for some fish that want to be out in the ocean or something. So they have shot themselves in the foot here. And for to suggest that at least in California, that this is has anything to do with Republican politics. No, 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 no. It's in the Midwest. Hurricanes are imperiling suburban life along our coast. Why would hurricanes, I mean, hurricanes affect more people in more places because people live in more places. You know, more people live in Florida now than did 50 years ago. Um, and I hear that this is record hurricane. Is it? I, I Even before, even in the 80s, I remember there being hurricanes. But, you know, <clears throat> I'll I'll let you talk, sir. If we have four more years of Trump's climate denial, how many suburbs will be burned in wildfires? How many Um <clears throat> I would say a thousand more suburbs will be burned in wildfires. The cities are burning too, by the way, Mr. Biden. While you were visiting uh Jacob Blake's uh uh, family, you may have noticed the uh, embers around you in uh, what used to be Kenosha. The cities are burning too by uh, human beings. How many suburban neighborhoods will have been flooded out? How many suburbs will have been blown away in superstorms? Jesus. Suburbs blown away in superstorms. Sounds like damning stuff. By the way, didn't somebody have eight years to take care of all this stuff? Wasn't somebody going to part the seas and stop the rising of the oceans or something? I believe that was the Obama-Biden ticket, too. What happened to all that stuff? Remember the grand opening of Solyndra? Eight years, man. That's a long time. <clears throat> I don't see how this increase has happened. If you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more America blaze? More America Blaze. 
coming next year. So he's not creating uh, more tensions, calling uh, the president a climate arsonist. I mean, this this is wacko stuff that he said. This is crazy person stuff that's been mainstreamed because there's so much utility in it for the left and for the media. If you give a climate denier four more years in the White House, why? How is that not anti-Semitic? You know, I asked somebody, <clears throat> one of these um, environmentalist person, a climate person, a bunch of four, four or five years. She was in college, I think. I said that uh, you're calling people who question some of your, um, some of your information climate deniers, and I said, isn't that disrespectful to Jewish people and other people who? who died in the Holocaust, because obviously you're working off of your, your, you know, your, you're labeling people using the template of Holocaust denier, which is a, a horrific, awful thing to say about somebody. And so you're, it's such a scarlet letter, denier, just like a Holocaust denier. You'd have to be a craven individual to be that, right? Well, this is just like that. It's a climate denier. God, it's such so disrespectful, but you know, you get a free pass. Would anyone be surprised when more of America is underwater? We need a president who respects science, who understands. Do we don't know for sure? By the way, I'm going to tell you this as a climate scientist myself. We don't know if more or less of America is going to be underwater. You know, and if it is going to be underwater. This stuff is being Cape Cod's been disappearing for forty-five years. At least that's what I've been told. In each of those last forty-five years, when people have been telling me about the erosion and the disappearing Cape, this is crazy. You know, um, fantastic. Um, you know. Um, platitudes that are being thrown out there and they're all way the hell these are inquirer like stuff you know if that's still around anymore these are crazy and fantastic uh, assumptions and assertions they're wacko they're wacky but they've been mainstreamed now it's all been laundered through the legitimacy of uh you know the real estate that is our uh media these days that it's you know but that's fine that the damage from climate change is already here. Unless we take urgent action, it will soon be more catastrophic. Not, not, um, not a dark speech at all. Now here's, so you heard that, what Biden just said. And yes, the earth is ticking up indeed in temperature at the moment, indeed. All this other stuff is fantastic fantastical i can't think of the freaking word right now because i don't have any words coming to me today um it's hyperbole it's it's gross exaggerations he knows that everybody knows that but but you know it's what you say to try to scare people and try to move people to vote for you in other words Unless you vote for me, bang, your town gets blown away. The wildfires come and destroy your suburbs. Moms, you hear that, moms? And just to scare people. And it's it's nothing It's nothing new. I mean, it's certainly very divisive and cynical and yada, yada. So Trump is over visiting the fires. And he's at this little round table. 
And um, <laughs> and one of the experts, I don't know who this guy was, but he's a government expert or, or professor or whatever, has a little back and forth with Trump. And I think you can find where he stands and all this stuff. From our perspective, there's, there is amazing partnership on the ground and there needs to be. Uh, as the governor said, we've had temperatures explode this summer. Uh, you may have learned that we broke a world record in the Death Valley, 130 degrees. But even in greater LA, 120 plus degrees. And we're seeing this warming trend make our summers warmer, but also our winters warmer as well. So I think one area of mutual agreement and priority is vegetation management. But I think we want to work with you to really recognize the changing climate and what it means to our forests and actually work together with that science. That science is going to be key because if we if we ignore that science and sort of put our head in the sand and think it's all about vegetation management, we're not going to succeed together protecting Californians. Okay. It'll start getting cooler. <laughs> I you wish just, you just watch. I wish science agreed with you. <laughs> hey, well, I don't think science knows, actually. Tom, please. So, Mr. President, if, you, if you're okay. I- there you go. That's all you have to know where Trump stands on this. I like that he said it. I'm glad that he's saying that. You can, not everybody can be a wacko and, and run around in complete hysterics. But I do want to read a little something here from a man who does have words. And this is what is going on. Okay, hold on one second. Let me just see if a child has escaped the house from my camera. Stay right there. Stay right there. Stay right there. So I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go downstairs and see if um, we're in trouble. So that was the worst possible. I'm back, by the way. Worst possible scenario is the two dogs who are not supposed to be in the living room are in the house in the living room. And the three kids who are supposed to be in the living room were outside. Thankfully, they were just hanging outside next to the apple tree. But um, that is, thank goodness for the cameras. Thank goodness for the cameras. So this, what I want to play is an article that uh, showed up in National Review. And it is written, it's about... um, it's about um, uh, Bjorn Longborg. He wrote the book uh, False Alarm. Um, it's not a science. It's not a global warming denial thing. He believes in man-made global warming. He believes in the um, the UN's central estimate of temperature increase, etc. So he's a he's a believer in it. Um, he does believe that there are a lot of people taking advantage of global warming, and that uh, and that those people should be cast off. Okay. Longborg quotes an estimate, and this is about the general cost of uh, of uh, global warming and global GDP, etc. Longborg quotes an estimate by Professor William Nordhaus, the only Nobel um, winner in climate economics, that the seven point two degree rise in temperature by twenty one hundred. Would, regru- would reduce global GDP in 2100 by 2.9%. Since the world of 2100 is expected to be more than twice as rich as our own, that cost appears manageable. Not to mention that the positive effects of global warming will partly offset the negative ones. For example, excessive cold currently kills more people than excessive heat. And in a warming world, crop yields are likely to increase on balance. You just heard the client guy say that the winters are getting warmer. 
And yes, uh, there are uh, downsides to that, but the, there's good sides to that as well. You know, warmer winters means that, like they just said, that you could grow crops longer. Um, it also means you using uh, fuel, uh, few less fuel um, in other resources. Back to the article. Lombard gives many examples of how mitigation can reduce global warming's costs. For example, the increasing cost of floods and fires may owe less to climate change than to a widening bullseye effect in which increased housing density in the wrong areas cultivates fire, flood, and expense. The solution is to increase the insurance costs of building on that on floodplains or near flammable forests, rather than subsidizing the cost of such insurance, as, for example, the state of Florida currently does. Again, the one-meter increase in water levels by 2100 from polar ice melting estimated in the UN projections will do immense damage if we do nothing to adapt, but can easily be mitigated through increased flood controls. So, too, with other ill effects of climate change, such as the potential extinction of polar bears, which is the result of increased contact with humans. Despite increasing temperatures, the polar bear population is now growing, and the species has been moved from the endangered list to the threatened category. Lomborg also gives good examples of how climate change projects often don't work. For example, solar power installations in a poor district of India proved so ineffective as to be as to be considered useless by the inhabitants. If you buy... Okay. Yada, yada, yada. So there you go. Maybe we don't all go crazy here every time somebody says or does something. Let me tell you... Here's Trump again today. They cut him on the, on the tarmac in California uh, talking about uh, <laughs> the wildfires. Once again, he says something inarticulately. Once again, it's going to be taken, if it hasn't already, already is on social media, as something wacky. And once again, he's actually right. Okay. What would you like to see specifically done on the issue of forest management? And is it possible that it's also forest management and climate change? It's both things well, at the I same think something's time. possible. I think a lot of things are possible. But with regard to the uh, forest, when trees fall down after... A short period of time, about 18 months, they become very dry. They become really like a matchstick. And they get up, you know, there's no more water pouring through. And they become very, very, uh, they just explode. They can explode. Also, leaves, when you have years of leaves, dried leaves on the ground, it just sets it up. It's really a fuel for a fire. So they have to do something about it. They also have to do cuts. I mean, people don't like to do cuts, but they have to do cuts in between. So if you do have two cuts, he's talking about cutting the forest fire and it gets away, you'll have a 50 yard cut in between. So it won't be able to catch to the other side. They don't do that. Uh, if you go to other countries, you go to Austria, you go to Finland, you go to uh, many different countries and they don't have. Fire. I was talking to a head of a major country and he said, we're a forest nation. We consider ourselves a forest nation. This was in Europe. I said, that's a beautiful term. He said, we have trees that are far more explosive. He meant explosive in terms of fire. But we have trees that are far more explosive than they have in California. And we don't have any problem because we manage our forests. So we have to do that in California, too. So I'll go do this and we'll see you in a little while. There you go. Manage our forests. There you go. 
Um, by the way, exploding trees are a real thing. Some somebody's put up a tweet, a uh, something about the eucalyptus trees being the worst. Firefighters call them gasoline trees. Uh, and Northern California has a ton of them. Um, I got this odd thing about Paul Rudd, who I really like, does this um does this thing about wearing a mask. He's he acts like a millennial. I like Paul Rudd, so it's I hate to see him do this, but I'll just let you listen to it. He doesn't swear, so there you go. Yo, what up, Dogs? Paul Rudd here, actor and certified young person. A few days ago, I was talking on the iPhone with my homie, Governor Cuomo, and he's just going off about how us millennials need to wear masks because, get this, apparently a lot of COVID is transmitted by us millennials. No cap. So Qualms asked me, he's like, Paul, you got to help. What are you, like 26? And I didn't correct him. He said, fam, let's real talk. Masks? They're totally beast. So slide that into your DMs and twitch it. Look at us. Hey, hey, look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought wearing masks would be a problem? Not me. Masks protect you and your dank squad. Now that's thick. Just wear a mask. I shouldn't have to make it fun. It's science. It's it's science. No. So there you go. You know, it's making fun of itself, and I I can't help but still like Paul Rudd because, um, I think uh, Role Models was a masterpiece. So I'm sorry. Massachusetts politician news: Ed Markey. <laughs> Ed Markey, um, who's going to, about to be reelected as the senator from Massachusetts, tweets out today, and you tell me if this is divisive or dark. Portland police routinely attack peaceful protesters with brute force. We must disarm these officers and every other police department in America of weapons of war and enact an, a nationwide ban on tear gas, rubber and plastic bullets, and big beanbag rounds. These are the people who make decisions on your behalf. That's their feeling about the police. Great. So something happened today that was really exciting, and I know that you heard it. You've probably by now you've heard it. It depends on when you're listening. Really. So Tim Kennedy and Joe Rogan are talking. Tim Kennedy is a former UFC guy, and I mean, he might have a podcast too. But they're talking. These they sound like kind of muscle heads in this thing, but they're they're talking about debates. And Rogan doesn't think there's going to be any debates. He thinks that, um, that um, oh, I hope there's no swearing in this. No, now I've got swearing on my mind. If there's swearing in this, I'm sorry. Maybe there isn't. Here we go. But they, they're talking as kind of big jocks about whether there'll be debates or not. And Rogan's the heavy of the two. The next debate, if a debate happens, that'd be cool. I don't think it's going to happen. You don't think it's going to happen? No. How can you not have a debate? Biden's not going to do it. I don't think he can. I don't think he can stand there for that long and and last. I don't even know what his ideas are. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's the point of the debate, yeah. right? Is is for me to learn about somebody's platform. Well, you know, at this point, he's doing well by not talking. That's not when doing he talks, well. It hurts him. No, I t I don't I don't I would never allow him. If I was in the DNC, I'd be like, "There's no way you're debating. Trump's going to destroy him." But that doesn't matter because the ideas are the thing that we're voting on. But it doesn't matter because people want to see who can hang in a debate, and they don't want to vote for a loser. 
So if the guy gets up there and falls apart in the debate and starts stumbling his words yeah. and starts flubbing and forgetting what he was talking about, like Biden's done on multiple occasions, a lot of people are not going to vote Man, for I him. I swear I thought they have a scheduled debate in a couple of weeks. It's not going to happen. So Tim Kennedy then, Tim Kennedy, man of the year, comes up with an idea. Did Can you? Would you do a debate? Would I? Yeah, if if like another problem I have with if I had to do a debate, no, no, not not you debating somebody. Um, oh, I'd prepare like a mother. Oh, you would. Oh, oh. You'd be fun okay. to watch, but um, you be the control mechanism to the candidates, like a Biden Trump debate with Joe Rogan hosting. Mm. Your questions. I would want that first of all. I'd want no one else in the room. I, ju I just, just, just the, the three people? of us cameras so we we can record the truth like, yeah just the three of us and you would have to stream it live so no one can edit it nope. and i would want them in there for hours and ideas we get to hear yeah. what they actually believe in okay let me just stop this right here this is something i've mentioned on this podcast months ago i think saying that that they should have a debate trump should go on rogan maybe i said they should have a debate on rogan if i didn't say it i'm gonna pre pretend i said it um but what a brilliant idea Absolutely. You leave all the flax and handlers, all the weasels have to stay outside, just Biden and just Trump. It can't be for three hours because there, be, there'd be a fist fight and probably Rogan would do the play by play. You cannot can't have that. And and I don't know if either of them could last. Well, I don't I don't think Biden could last for for that long. But wouldn't that be great? Joe Rogan, who's got real really no dog in the fight. He's a liberal, but he's a Second Amendment guy. He's obviously into, you know, you know, combat sports or whatever they call him. And, you know, he's a, such an interesting guy. He's a new template. He also does not accept BS. He also can read a person. He also can elicit information and answers and conversation out of people like no other. Rogan is great. This is a great idea, a great idea. And Trump has jumped on now publicly on Twitter and said, I'll do it, I'll do it. And that's very bright. Yeah. What they're going to do, who they're going to appoint, yeah. what judges are going to be coming in, what policies from gun control to yes. all of it. Yes. Can't, why, why can't we well, have that? We should have that. This is 2020. I mean, we have the ability to have that. This is, this, we're not talking about 1979. <laughs> we're talking about 2020. If they wanted to do that, they both wanted to come here in Austin, sit down and have a debate, I would 100% do it. By the way, how quickly is Joe Rogan the hell out of L.A.? He lives in Austin now, and the, all the studio is like down in Austin now. Jesus. Man, good job, California. Good job, uh, Gavin Newsom. My God. I would 100% do it. It'd be amazing. It would be the best way to find out, but I don't think that Biden can handle it. I, I think Biden is like, I think he's, I mean, people get mad at me for saying this. I think there's something wrong, and I don't think there's something wrong because I'm guessing or because I'm pro-Trump. I've seen him fall apart. I think yeah. I've seen him start talking. Not, he's had multiple brain surgeries. Yeah. This, this, this is him saying, I say. Yeah, he has. And that is Biden has lost his step. There's no doubt. That said, Trump's an interesting cat himself. So who knows? They can both say wacky stuff, but Biden stuff, sometimes it's just lack of enunciation. He's got the, you know, mangles of words. Oh while raising their prices on prescription drugs that union families and working people have to rely on. Right. So the prescription drugs, that's a problem. And in the process, by the way, he's trying to do away with all health care in America. And that could, the end of that could use a fact check, I think. 
There's no doubt about that. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? You- yeah, calling the black guy a junkie, probably not a great idea. That's said Trump has his own flights of fancy. Who is more competent? Who's got, whose mind is sounder? Biden beats you in that. Well, I tell you what, uh, let's take a test. Let's take a test right now. Let's go down. Joe and I will take a test. Let him take the same test that I took. Incidentally, I took the test, too, when I heard that you passed it. Yeah, how did it's you do it? Har- well, it's not the hardest test. No, but the it last... It has a picture, and it says, what's that? And it's an elephant. No, no, no. You see, that's all misrepresentation. Well, that's what it was on the web. It's all misrepresentation. Because, yes, the first few questions are easy. But I'll bet you couldn't even answer the last five questions. I'll bet you couldn't. They get very hard, the last five well, questions. Well, one of them was count back from 100 by 7. And let me tell you. You couldn't answer. You couldn't answer. All right. What's the question? Many of the questions. I'd get you the test. I'd like to give it. But I guarantee you that Joe Biden could not answer those questions. Okay. Okay? Uh, And I answered all 35 questions correctly. You you talk about how people who is more competent? Who's got who's. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't think. So I don't think that Trump's necessarily going to whip, wipe the floor with Biden in these debates that they, if they actually have them. I think with the with the Rogan thing, then Biden would be floating in space a lot, and you can't really have that. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. That's a joke. You didn't know where we were anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not great. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community <laughs> with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Not all like the, not like those black people where, you know, if you is black, and I'll make the decision on that, you're all completely the same. Yeah, and Biden would certainly, I mean, you know, Somebody tweeted out a picture of him today, and he's holding up a picture. It was during an interview, and he was holding up a picture of him with his sons. And off of the reflection of the picture, you could see his teleprompter ticking the words down, ticking the words down. It's like he uses a teleprompter way too much. That's obviously a very concerning thing. Nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear wow. and go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. <laughs> Trump has his own, you know, issues, by the way. Shifting production to Thailand <laughs> and to Vietnam, Thailand and Vietnam, two places that I like their leaders very much. They're very nice to us. Do they take advantage of the United States? Shifting production to Thailand. Shifting production. We keep the production right down, right back here. We'll need the thighs taking all of our production. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Ooh. They would put 700... And 20 million back million women back in the workforce. That's optimism. You know, we, we say that it's healthy when Trump's optimistic. That's optimism right there. Yosemites. <laughs> Yosemite. 
I think that was supposed to be, or the, the Yosemites or whatever, but not the Yosemites. That's a that's a <laughs> Yosemites. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Trump's apt to uh, go a little off course too. And when you see these towns, and when you see these thugs being thrown into the back of a paddy wagon, you just see them thrown in rough. I said, please don't be too nice. Like when you guys put somebody in the car and you're protecting their head, you know, the way you put their hand over. Like, don't hit their head and they've just killed somebody. Don't hit their head. I said, you can take the hand away, okay? That was Trump actually talking about treating MS-13 badly. But once again, freewheeling gets to be a little tough. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. <laughs> We're standing on the shoulders of true American patriots who put down the railroads, built up the highways, and dug out a thing called the Panama Canal and lost many lives doing it. Mosquitoes lost many, many lives. <laughs> Mosquitoes. Jesus. He is so... <laughs> Trump's like me, I guess, really. He's just missing a lot of the words he needs. And uh, he doesn't believe in... Is it conjunctions? Contractions? I don't even know what it is. My wife knows. She's she's a smart one. She knows all this stuff. But it is something... I, I, I think it's... You can't really contest the idea anymore that, that they're cloistering Biden away from settings where he will um, be too easily thrown off his game, find himself floating in space uh, verbally, and show confusion. And that's why they've had him on the teleprompter. And remember, we played over the weekend, played uh, the T.J. Ducklow, Brett Bear thing. T.J. Ducklow is the flack for Biden. And, you know, Brett Bear asks him if Biden's using a teleprompter. We all know he is, by the way. We all know he is. We can see him, you know, reading it. And reading the parentheticals inside of it, which are just his instructions, and we can see him, um, you know, gesturing, that you know, roll up the scroll up the text more. Has Joe Biden ever used a teleprompter during local interviews or to answer Q&A with supporters? Brett, we are not going to engage. This is this is straight from the Trump campaign. Well, yeah, talking they're points. using and, it. And what it does and what it does, Brett, is it's trying to distract the American people. I'm just from they're from, using from it. They the talk pandi- about it every day. Can you well, say yes or no? That's because they talk about it every day, Brett, because they don't have a coherent. Uh, well, you strategy. have an answer. Yes or no, Brett. They talk about it every day because they don't have a coherent argument for why Donald Trump deserves reelection, deserves four more years. We know that he lied to the American people. We know that he has not uh, shown leadership during this crisis, and they are desperate to throw anything they can against the wall to try to distract from that fact. I understand, but you can't answer the question. Brett, I am not going to allow the Trump campaign to funnel their questions through Fox News and get me to respond (laughs) to that. Well, TJ, we appreciate your time, and thank you for coming on. Thanks, Brett. Next up this evening... Thanks, TJ. Hey, you know, I miss the Simone Sanders... One of the things that T.J. Ducklow was trying to do was suggest that Trump, um, Trump's lack of uh, good and cogent response to the coronavirus shows that he's that he's un, um, unfit. Well, Simone Sanders, who's um, who's on Team Biden, actually jumped on with George Stephanopoulos, and he asked her, "What was Trump doing uh, that um, you know calling for? What was he calling for specifically? What measures was he calling for?" to combat the, the coronavirus back in January and February. 
Simone, that, that, that was back in February, and I asked you about January and February. You pointed out in March, March 12th, the vice president put out a plan. He did, but he also put out a tweet that day saying a wall will not stop the coronavirus, banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world will not stop it. And I asked you specifically about January and February. I saw the op-eds the, the vice president wrote in, in October. I saw the one he wrote in January, but he didn't explicitly call for travel bans or social distancing or wearing masks. Look, George, in January and February, Joe Biden was not being briefed by national security experts. Ooh, Simone. Ooh. Tough one, Simone. Tough one. But I think that if, if they went on Rogan, that would be fantastic. Trump should keep mentioning, keep mentioning. And they should even set a date. They should set a date, and Trump should keep mentioning that he wants to go on and dare Biden to not show up. I think that, that the whole podcast revolution, that whole crowd of people, the Rogan people and the, the Harris people and the Jordan Peterson people and the Weinstein brothers and uh, even Bridget Phetasy and obviously Shapiro. And I think that people are not taking the temperature of that movement. And that is a huge mistake. And like I've said, one of the things that they all share in common is that they have a disgust. It, they are repelled. Uh, by cancel culture, and they are pro-speech and exchange of ideas. And um, and so Trump is on the right side of that. And these people are influencers, to use a term. So I just think you got to be careful. I think that Biden should absolutely do it. Um, I, don't, uh, if, I don't know if he should do it for – you never know. Sometimes – last week at one point – other than the fact that he told us that 6,000 troops had died of coronavirus and that Thomas Je Edison did not invent a light bulb but was a black guy and that he had been in the demonstrations for civil rights in the 1960s, none of which made any mainstream news, which should be considered big things considering you're telling a black audience that you were in the civil rights movement, which is something that I think is fairly uh, – looms fairly large in the legend of uh, the black community in the United States. I mean, that should be considered a big deal, but those are just three instances. Biden's always been a BSer. He's always been a fabricator, and, uh, and um, you know, he's, he's apologized for it. Like the, the civil rights stuff, he apologized in 1987, said, sorry about that. I shouldn't have said that. I didn't do any of that stuff. I I worked at a pool with black people and, and got in a razor blade fight with Corn Pop. But so you never know. But I would love that. So let's keep the drum going on this. We need a debate on Rogan. I think everybody should go on Rogan. There's nobody like him. There is nobody like him. And by the way, if they did go on Rogan, you just wait until the elites in media saw that. Oh, my God. There, there was this this uh, meathead, uneducated. My God, how dare they? Of course, Rogan's got more viewers and listeners than anybody they could ever, ever have, you know, they could ever dream of having. But, oh, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. By the way, polls are tightening. New York Times did this big story over the weekend about the fact that the that the that all of this stuff, the strife that was supposed to help Trump in the, in the um, toss-up states, swing states, you know, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, all the stuff that was supposed to help him in, in that, all the strife, the BLM strife, the riots, et cetera, Said the, the the gist of the New York Times story was no, nope, apparently it didn't help him, but he's shortened the gap from between nine points to seven points to four points in some of these battleground states. So, 
yes, he has closed the gap a little bit in these uh, states. I think that when Hillary won, when Hillary Hillary in Wisconsin was up six, right now Biden's up in Wisconsin four points. Hillary up to election day was up six points. Trump won. So a lot of stuff happening here. It, the, there's absolutely no chatter on any of the big networks about the Trump Nobel Prize prospects or the fact that he's been offered it. Based on merit, you remember the last uh, guy to occupy the Oval Office actually won the prize just for being himself and winning an election. Um, so the media continues to be the media. We know who they are. We know what they are. But, you know, we'll just keep talking to each other through these podcasts and um, and I'll listen to you, you'll listen to me and uh, we'll have fun. I will clean that swear up out of this one. I don't want you to think I'm going soft, by the way, those people who like swearing. But um, but there's no, I can just throw a bleep on it. You know, once we start going on, on YouTube or whatever, oh, by the way, I have a, I can't be swearing, I can't be swearing myself. And also, I don't want to, life is tough. If you've got people in the car you don't, who you don't want them to hear this, you know, you don't want to hear certain words, I understand that. We're all just trying to survive here. So, you know what? We don't need it. Just imagine it. Those of you who want uh, uh, Rated R, Tom, just imagine. You can fill in the words. Maybe I'll do a secret, separate podcast where I just say all the nine deadly R uh, Rated R words. I don't know what I'll do. Anyway, thanks for all the comments, by the way. I really appreciate that. And um, I take the comments to heart. I love your thinking. If I've stolen your ideas from Twitter or whatever, uh, thank you. I'll continue to steal them because you guys are really bright. And uh, you come up with some great stuff. You can follow me on Twitter if you already don't, at Tom Shattuck. Tomorrow I'm on with Chris McCarthy. Um, I'll probably hit Jerry on Wednesday, I assume. And, uh, oh, no, Fine, Todd Feinberger on Wednesday as well. And VB on Thursday is the uh, idea. But I'll tweet about this stuff and put it on Facebook as it comes. Thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Say la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.